Today we're going to meet with senior advisor at Commentali Ingmar Svensson that will share his insight on how stakeholders don't read your reports and what you can do to create reports that they can't wait to get their hands on. Welcome, Ingmar. Thank you. For the uh, two to three people that doesn't know or haven't heard about you yet, who are you? Well, thank you, Patrick. Uh, to the two or three people out there who don't know who I am, um, I'm a very happy guy. I've been working with the competitive intelligence for 10 years. Uh, I have a background in telecom and IT. And uh, I, I read all the books. I'm, very, uh, I'm certified in, in competitive intelligence. I went to the, um, the uh, Fuld Gilad Herring Academy of CI and got the CIP1 and the CIP2. And um, that's a master's level of, of certification. And uh, I've been working with hands-on tactical uh, sales support, competitive intelligence, but also um, strategic intelligence, uh, more forward-looking, helping decision makers uh, to do uh, better decisions. Uh, I've been working in, in with Ericsson for the last 20 years, actually, and uh, now I left and I have joined Comentelli. Cool. Thank you for sharing. So we're going to talk today about how you can write the report that stakeholders actually reads. Hmm. So I have a question of you for you to um, do people read more today than they used to or less uh, uh, or what's your view? I think uh, I think they do actually. Uh, if you look at how much visual uh, input that we actually consume uh, it's videos, it's podcasts, it's uh, written text as well. So I said, I, I read somewhere actually that we, we consume five times more text today than we did 1989 or something mm. like that. And this, this information was a couple of years old. So I, I firmly believe that we read more text today than we did before. Wow. So talking to the intelligence professional and creating these reports and making sense of all this data that you collect, comparing different activities, how important is report writing to a competitive intelligence professional if you compare with all the other things that you could do as a, a competitive intelligence professional? Mm. Of course, it would be a very boring pod if I said that it's not important, but I think it's really important actually because uh, you, you do a lot of presentations today as a competitive intelligence professional, you do presentations on stage uh, or you do written material. But when you do mm -hmm. presentations on, on stage, you also have to compare, uh, prepare, and you, you do a lot of reading and a lot of writing. And um, uh, intelligence professionals have been doing this for a, a long time, actually. And uh, uh, I don't want to digress too much, but actually in, in, the, in the 1600s, there was this banker family of Fugger that actually started to do uh, information uh, reports uh, on a, uh, not monthly basis, but they, they created reports because they wanted to inform their customers in Europe about what was happening in the world. So 
and you had this uh, Ottoman Habsburg war, and it was going on, and a lot of people. It was you know the for Turkey, Greece, and that area uh, in war against uh, the larger uh, Austria, and um, there was a ceasefire in Hungary, and then uh, the report then mentioned that uh, uh, the Turkish traders they were offering goods to the to, to the to the imperial uh, soldiers and and uh, I think this was this was 500 years ago mm. but the the uh, the report writing and, and analyzing the situation was very important then and it's still important today hmm wow goes way back yeah so uh, if you had three minutes with an intelligence professional hmm. to explain how you can write a report uh, that stakeholders uh, can't wait to get their hands on, what would you tell them if you've got three minutes? Three minutes. I would start with saying that uh, it's important to ask the question, why do you write a report? What's important? What do you want to achieve? Um, is it about uh, creating awareness in a specific issue? Is it uh, do you want to influence someone to take a decision? Uh, uh, is it uh, is it changing behavior or something like that? Because it's very different. Because if you if you write to inform someone or to actually influence someone, and then I also think uh, you need to focus on the reader. There, it's very very important important to to uh, consider the, the the you appeal the so what question so to say that why should the, the person that reads this read it what's the value to he or she and the the the, the so what question is um, something that you need to consider in uh, in every aspect when you create a report or maybe an alert or a newsletter or anything. I think it's very important to to, to do that. Um, then you need to stand out. You need to stand out from the... Um, because you compete with a lot of different stimuli out there. So when you write a report, it's important to have a design template with uh, that, that 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 you can repeat, so it becomes a deliverable that people recognize. And uh, you need to think of the distribution. I think also, it's very important to think of um, the reader and what what kind of uh, frequency should you have of this report. Um, what what channel should it be distributed in? Um, yeah, that, that's very important. And if I, if I have three minutes, I would also talk about the the writing itself. That uh, you need to have the best heading. Uh, it has because it's um, it's it's the way that makes you be seen, so to say. It's it's an, like a neon sign that blinks. That you have to to uh, it has it has to be informative and um, people need to look at it and say wow I really want to read this this report when I see it. So a question on so you said mm. uh, so uh, so what question? Mm. Tell us more about that. Like if you go deep down into what it actually means, and for someone that has never heard about this so what question before, how, how would you how, how would you explain that? Yeah, the, the, I mean it's. Uh, it's about 
putting yourself in the shoes of the the other person. Uh, if you yeah. write a report on digital transformation in the transportation industry, why should someone someone read it? Maybe you do a lot of reading, you do different uh, you know cross referencing between articles, and you do interviews, and you come up with this article on how digitalization is impacting the transportation industry. Hmm. Um, if the reader is uh, a sales manager in the shipping industry, which is part of the transportation industry, maybe he or she is not really important, I- interested in reading about the transportation industry, but you need to tweak the analysis to be within the transport industry, digitalization, but uh, towards uh, shipping. And maybe even more like, how is the container aspect in the shipping industry impacted by digitalization? Because maybe this person is, say, responsible for container solutions that you have on board on ships. And then also to make it really, really interesting, really you know answering the so what question maybe uh, the analysis in there should be about how will our container business be impacted by the digitalization uh, i think uh, if you if you ask yourself the so what question and you don't you don't manage to you know straighten the uh, the, the question mark to an interrogation mark i mean to to say that this is really what's important, then you need to go mm. back to the drawing, uh, mm. to, the, to the, the rewrite. Mm. rewrite. Yeah. So what you're saying is that the uh, so what question is really providing the the stakeholder with information that's relevant to them and to their role and to their to their areas of responsibility. Exactly. It it, it has to be very very close to the person who is uh, reading for sure. Mm. Mm. Cool. So one of the things that I've thought of when, you know, writing a report or even a newsletter is the headline. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first thing you see, even in an email, that's the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. What's your experience with that? Like how do you, how do you, how do you write the great headline? Uh, you need to, I mean, because as I said before, it's like the neon sign. It has to blink and it has to blink harder and brighter than all the other neon signs out there. Because you compete with uh, podcasts and videos, a lot of visual uh, components, pictures and stuff like that. So if you have a report and you have invested a lot of time in writing stuff that is really important, you think, to the reader you need to make sure that the person reads it. So the heading is the marketing stuff. It has to be uh, short, it has to be concise, and Mm. uh, it it has to be informative. Because um, if it's not anything like that, it will just pass by. Um, There are many different ways of of reading uh, or or writing a heading. You have the classic how-to, you know, so yeah. how yeah, yeah. Uh, eight ways to write a report that makes an impact. Mm. That's on how to yeah. impact. And then you can also have the, uh, you, you, you make uh, a statement, you know, uh, competition is making millions in artificial intelligence and so can we. 
So you can make a statement that looks like, aha, you can also have, uh, you can make it a question uh, that you want to, you know, you want to know the answer. So you could be something like, do you want to strengthen your competitive advantage in containerized solution for the shipping industry? That's a little bit too long. But do mm. you want to sharpen your competitive advantage? That, that, that's a question that stands out. Yeah. And uh, you can also, uh, you can also, it's very difficult, but you can identify a problem and suggest a solution in the heading. So, for mm. instance, uh, a lot of people who work with competitive intelligence today, um, you have these self-service intelligence platforms, self-service BI is something that is coming. Yeah. And it's very, very difficult to implement because you need to uh, integrate it. You, the users need to be educated. So one heading could be like uh, self-service uh, BI uh, made easy or something like that. That That's also a way to sell uh, so you have to think like a <laughs> marketing professional in a way when you when you write this. I think the most important thing when it comes to headings is that they, they need to be short, informative, uh, exciting, but they also have to be honest. You cannot promise anything in the heading that you don't fulfill in the text because um, it, it's a promise. You make a promise of, okay, there is CEO or VP of sales or whatever. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of time, but please look here, spend five minutes on this article. And then the person starts reading it. Uh, but if you have a, a heading that promised too much, um, you, you don't fulfill on your promise and then you will come across as a liar. And when you write uh, reports, that will impact you cannot be seen as a liar you must be trustworthy mm. so i think that's that's also that's a, that's very important yeah it's basically building trust for you as an intelligence professional writing the actual report yeah like the the title needs to be what's in the actual text yes yeah so Working with a lot of different intelligence professionals and just your long career at uh, the telecom company Ericsson, what would you say is the uh, the most common mistake that intelligence professionals do when creating a report? Or well, what's some of those pitfalls that you can avoid? Well, I think uh, one of the pitfalls is maybe to have too little of analysis. Uh, some people are happy about. Uh, writing reports that are long and text heavy and it's like a book and it doesn't really uh, address the so what. Uh, a lot of people maybe just uh, take a lot of text items and put them on top of each other and push out the report. Uh, but I think it's very important to put things into uh, uh, perspective. So, for instance, now um, IBM announced that they're going to buy uh, Red Hat. It's the third biggest or largest uh, tech buy in U.S. history. It's the largest business deal or acquisition for IBM has done ever. So you can write a report. I think a lot of people in the tech industry are writing this in newsletters today, saying that, wow, IBM buys Red Hat, 34 billion U.S. dollar. It's big. But... Why should you write about it? Uh, it's interesting if you start talking about um, 
you know the the the, the IBM have a cloud business uh, you, you need to find the conflict you need to find the questionnaire the IBM have a, a cloud business and cloud is now becoming open source IBM is nothing about open source so therefore they they need to address this and they they do it by buying Red Hat which is a huge Linux uh, provider an open source provider so this is of course interesting to know if you compete with IBM on cloud solutions so that's why I mean you you need to whatever article or text or issue that you write about you need to address the the need that the reader possibly has and uh, <clears throat> there are two, two 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 rules i think or there are many rules but uh, two rules that are simple to remember it's the kiss and the bluff kiss is keep it simple stupid and i don't i think that term is something from from the u.s military in the 1940s or something like that but keep it simple stupid means uh, to uh, reduce the complexity and just focus on the simple things that, that, that to do things in a simple way can require a lot of headache and <laughs> effort actually the, the, the simple can be hard but it's uh, in line with the so what to actually to 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 try to uh, keep things uh, simple um, and then you have the um, the bluff the BLF best uh, uh, it's the uh, best line up front. It means tell the reader what's the key takeaway in the beginning. So you don't have to read through six s uh, pages of text before you get to the to the finish. That's a good one because many mm. times we just. Uh you know we, we just write and write and write but we never get to the point right it's easy to just keep writing but actually get to the point in the beginning yeah so i think the keep it simple you know use short sentences uh, but also you know uh, subheadings uh, write in bullets i think that's really good uh, it's a good technique to bullet points yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then bottom line up front because you need to assume that the reader is uh, short on time mm. so it's uh, if you if you it's also like repetition is the mother of all learning mm -hmm. <laughs> if you start by saying what you want to say and then you say it in a text and then in the summary end you say it again i mean it's a good way of, mm. of, of pushing your message but if you only read the, the first uh, couple of paragraphs it's important that you that you pitch your message all over there but you need to do it in different ways right like you would have some way of phrasing it in the title and then you would kind of reframe it in throughout the text right yeah yeah and I guess it's also depending on the uh, deliverable uh, depending on who the reader is so I, I think um, you need to know your reader. And I think it's a good um, practice, actually, to create a reader profile. Hmm. Tell me more about that. Yeah, actually, you, uh, because uh, maybe you're not the only one who's going to write. Maybe you have 
maybe you will stop writing and some, somebody else will do it for you. For instance, in a monthly report or something. Uh, then it's good to know who is the, the reader, who is the target group here. Because then also if you get more people to collaborate with you, it's an easy way of uh, you know, explaining what kind of text you're going to write, what kind of words you use, what kind of terminology, etc. But also through which channels are you going to distribute this report? Because it depends on the reader. If you want to have a reader that gets influenced and that read it and that like, ah, oh, this is good. I don't want to miss it. You need to adapt your writing and you know distribution to the reader. So a reader profile is basically um, a couple of lines of text, and um, it doesn't have to be. Uh, very complex but think of the reader uh, where in the organization is the average reader sitting are you writing for uh, senior executives or is it primarily uh, R&D or is it primarily people in a in a in a I don't know in one country within this organization or maybe you write for senior executives and then uh, sales strategy and operations maybe like that and then you can also say okay so where do these people sit because that will actually impact what language you write in because if they're all sitting in 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 uh, Finland you can write in Finnish you know you don't have to write in English but a lot of companies today they have uh, English of course uh, as a, a company language but the location can decide you know what to write um something i thought of there as well mm -hmm. is like when you said language how important is not just uh, the the language you know finnish spanish english whatever it might be mm -hmm. but looking at like the language on what level you're at if you're talking to the executive exactly. level right and or if you're talking to operations or, yeah. or uh, you know you need to write in a different way yeah i think that is also important because you want to communicate so you need to speak uh, with with the people on their language so if there's a highly technically skilled people in a IT company you you don't have to explain all the words that you use uh, I think people in the CI community understand that CI is competitive intelligence but if you yeah. write for people who are not CI professionals you need to write out competitive intelligence but also um, in the US they say uh, soccer and in Europe, we say football. If you say football in the US, they think American football, which is completely wrong, <laughs> <laughs> according to me being a Swedish, but uh, uh, a Swedish person. But um, no, so, so it's very important to understand a little bit uh, education, uh, you know, do I have your academic diploma or not? What kind of, what kind of background do they have? Uh, but also, um, why should they read i mean what what are their responsibilities do they want to understand more about the environment because the the, the, the there will be a change maybe in a highly competitive uh, business landscape you need to address digitalization and transformation more than in i don't know mining industry or well, maybe mining industry is not a good example but anyway it depends on where you are what kind of business you have um if you're into antiques, maybe it's most important to understand uh, the price levels on antiques and how do you how do you make sure that the antiques are are uh, um, you know 
evaluated properly priced and I don't know but um, I think responsibilities and also challenges are very important because then that helps you to understand what kind of stuff you should write about really um, I think you touched on something as well that I think is extremely important and that's the context like mm-hmm. in what context are you writing right mm-hmm. so you're, you're filling this uh, uh, milk jug or uh, um, with milk right mm-hmm. but th- what's the jug what's the container like you need to understand what the container is to you know put the content in there mm-hmm. like how, how does it work well, what's the different things that I need to take into exactly. consideration right yeah and yes to continue on that allegory should the content be hot or cold mm. should it be uh know fluid or not i mean is it cream is yeah, it what? Yeah, yeah yeah so i think yeah because this is if you if you if you have been writing a report and then maybe you have a collaborator a co-writer coming in and that person starts writing that doesn't really fit the deliverable the the feeling of what you want to say and then you will miss the um the reader i mean it's like, what is this this is i'm not used to this how ah, they change so Maybe next time I won't open mm. the email attachment or whatever it is. So, so I yeah. think, yeah. And a, a lot of people are talking about having writing guidelines, like, you know, some, you know, set rules of like, mm-hmm. so if they would have someone come in to their department and just starting out or just mm-hmm. collaborating temporarily, then you would have a writing guideline to, to explain like who's the target group and what's the context and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend having a, a writing guideline and yes. what would you include in there? No, for sure, for sure. I, I think it's very important because um, the reader profile and the writing guideline is a, it's tools to really improve efficiency and reduce the time you need to sit and rewrite and edit text uh, to fit the, the deliverable. So um, you have a lot of different things. You have the bold, italic, underlines. You have you know subheadings. You have the bullets, and all of this is helping. Um, I think also you shouldn't overdo it, um, depending on the format. Again, uh, for instance, if say that your reader is someone who is uh, using a smartphone a lot, travels all the time, then you need to have uh, a text that is fitting that small screen so then you need to write shorter sentences you need to write um, write in a way so it's uh, lean on the eye and it's easy to read and to consume actually if you have uh, say a report that is you need to say a lot of things and it's a it's a it's a larger learning and also the reader as the interest in learning something more deeper, then you can write more text. Then we talk more about more words and more, you know, it can be a, uh, maybe you print it on paper and um, then it become more of a, uh, a magazine or something like that. So it depends on the writing guideline uh, should be fitting the, the way the reader uh, is consuming the text I would say yeah yeah that, that's good I think it's uh, super important to have a writing guideline and and uh, to be able to work from that over time mm-hmm. so 
for someone that's just starting out with creating reports, what would you say is a you know good place to start? Like you know even finding the information that you're going to write about and and how to put it together and share it. Yeah, I think it uh, it depends on the the question, of course. Uh, of course, the internet is there, Google is there. Um, a lot of people who do monthly reports, they uh, they do a lot of. Um, subscription to news feeds and RSS feeds and stuff like that so you get your inbox bombarded with a lot of information so I think it's very important to have a way of structuring the sorting of all that information that is coming in and uh, I think also it's important to have um, a way to uh, collaborate with others because if you start out and you are alone it will be an uphill battle it will it will be a struggle if you have uh, people that you can collaborate with uh, to proofread to to help you with uh, writing writing you know their own reports or part of your report or something that's a that's a huge help um, so i think um, i think structuring the information and also if you're only alone and you don't have all the time in the world i guess you would base a lot of your report writing on the uh, the, the the written text that you subscribe on uh, i my feeling is also that when you do interviews with other people uh, you get the first hand you know primary source uh, information and feedback that is worth gold yeah that is very good so if you have for instance you go on a uh, industry conference of some kind you go there you target it then we come home and you write a report uh, you should of course have a lot of uh, information from other uh, news sites and stuff maybe the the companies that participated wrote about what they were going to present before so that's a, like a gold mine to see what they said that they were going to present and then you can talk to people who were there either colleagues or customers or and then you can uh, compare what they say with what the companies said that we're going to do beforehand, because that that difference is a great way of adding value to you know this is the because if you only used the the written text from the companies and then you, then then um, it might be biased in a way you know that you mm. use uh, secondary information only, but. That is also depending on the purpose. If the reader is happy about reading what was going to happen and just to be informed on how different companies want to position themselves, then it's fine to use that information. And if you want to add uh, analysis on what it really was, then I think it's important to uh, uh, to, to invest more time in the analysis and the writing. Yeah, and w- when analyzing and when writing the reports, like how would you? Because I know a lot of people out there, a lot of people, um, a lot of uh, intelligence professionals. They, um, you know, a lot of conversations I've had over the years. It's like you know they they collect information from online from some sort of web source, and then they sort of copy and paste this information, put it into a PowerPoint, which is a very common way of presenting the information. Uh, would you like recommend any other types of ways or you know tools or like like uh, how, how would you structure this in a good way? 
Yeah, no, I think a tool is definitely good, uh, of course. There are many different tools out there, but I think uh, to have um, a way to tag your different and to, to sort your different news items and text items in a way so it's easy to find them when you're going to write your report, but also to store them for future use. Uh, and so th that is a, a really good help to be able to, uh, to, f to like a library service or, or almost to, to that you can go back to and, and look for information because maybe it's searchable so you can look for a specific player or a specific trend or a specific um, topic yeah that, I think that is really good uh, when I was um, writing reports with Ericsson um, very often I went back to see previous reports on specific players or specific uh, things that happen or, for instance, in, in the telecom world, they have the Mobile uh, World Conference, the largest uh, mobile uh, conference, uh, telecom conference uh, in the world. Um, it was interesting to go back to the previous year and see what did we write, because now we're going to write this year's report on the Mobile World Conference. And then, of course, you could see what had happened, and it was interesting to relate. Aha, so this player was talking about this the last last year, and actually the year before that too. So what, where is the innovation? Mm. And then you have this player, so completely different messages every year. Uh, what what aha, what that what where does that thinking? mean? Yeah, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, that is good to have like a tagged way of, of uh, searchable information uh, of stuff that others produce but also your your own uh, reports yeah cool mm. so now to the uh, the final words thank you so much for uh, being part of the uh, the podcast but for the uh, the final words, do you have any final words for uh, the people that's listening to this uh, to this podcast? Yeah, always put your reader in uh, focus. Uh, never forget about the so what. Uh, sales guys, they also talk about the what's in it for me. It's the same principle. Uh, why should the reader read your report? And also a final final word is don't forget to proofread when you are done don't publish it at once but keep your text uh, 24 hours locked away or even better uh, forward it or ask a colleague to read it for you because uh, when that person look at it or you look at it you know, 24 hours later you will have a fresh pair of eyes looking at the information and i promise that you will find typos grammar errors or, or wordings that sound crazy and uh, I think uh, in Swedish in Sweden we have this liten tuva skälpa stora lass it means uh, uh, it means that a minor detail how, how do you translate it a, a small wow. small tuft a small tuft will uh, so, overturn so like it's a, a big load yeah yeah <laughs> but, so, but I think so like a, mi a minor like uh, detail can be so basically, a straw can turn over a uh, um, 
uh, a big load a big load of, of hay basically yeah just when it, when it, when it goes the wrong direction <laughs> yeah, right? this, this became a what do you want to say with yeah, that we, we, we shouldn't talk Swedish in this pod I guess but yeah the, the, it's a Swedish saying I think they're different in, in different languages but uh, a small detail might be the difference between a failure and success for instance if you write a report on how to write a report that report shouldn't contain typos. Hmm. Yeah, for instance. Cool. So, yeah. I think it was a really good point that you said to have someone else look at the report and even if you if you don't, then just let it sit for, you know, 24 hours, come back, do it and then do it the day uh, after if you can, if you don't have a deadline, but just giving you that space and that time to be able to do that. Hmm. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ingmar, for uh, joining the podcast today. And thank you for tuning in to listen to today's podcast. And we will see each other in the next episode. Until then, let's get that intelligence right.